You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 107. I'm your host, Master Weight Loss Coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm here to teach you and coach you how to end your emotional eating, lose your extra weight, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. If you just found me, welcome, my friend. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Today, we're going to talk all about commitments and recommitments. So get comfortable and get ready to be coached. And before we begin, I just want to remind you that this episode of Weight Loss Made Real is brought to you by the Freedom Group. And the Freedom Group, as you may know, is a structured group coaching experience for smart women who are tired of diets. The group helps you pursue your goals of eliminating emotional eating, losing your extra weight, and bringing more happiness into your life. In the Freedom Group, we use my unique Eat, Think, Love program, and that is what we talk about on this podcast. All the elements or many of the elements of that program are going to be subjects of all of our coaching sessions. And in the group, we learn about these different topics with me as your coach and a group of women just like you for support and accountability. So check those show notes when we're finished for more information about the Freedom Group and my Eat, Think, Love program. Now, let's get started with today's coaching session. Here's what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about what commitment actually means and what I mean by recommitting. What if you failed before? How can you recommit and still have the feeling, the passion behind it, and not just be saying the right words? And we're going to talk about a little bit about the four stages of change and where you might be in them and how that might explain whether you feel ready or not to make a big change in your life. And I'm going to help you dig up and create that strong commitment and tell you a little bit about what you have to think, feel, and do to recommit and actually make your goals happen. So let's dive right in. What does commitment mean? One of my favorite quotes is by Abraham Lincoln, and he said, commitment is what transforms a promise into reality. Think about that for a moment. When I'm recording this, it's just almost the new year, and we all have all these goals for 2019 that are coming up to us that we dream about, that we want to accomplish, and we make plans, some of us, some of us write them down. But the commitment that we make may not be the commitment that you need to make. So no doubt you've committed to these dreams before, right? That's why we're here, to be finished committing, to be finished trying, but to just live your life in a way that expresses you at your best, you doing what you really want to do. So why am I saying recommit? Well, this time of year, New Year's, in real time, we're all making those resolutions. We're all having the opportunity to take our dreams and make them into promises to ourselves. But if you're anything like me, you know that a lot of times your dreams tend to fade away. It might just be because they're too general. It might be because they're too big. And when I say too big, I don't mean that you can't achieve really huge things. You can but we have to take a step before we get to the big stuff. We have to take many steps 
And sometimes we don't want to do that. We want to just zoom right to the top. We want to zoom right to fitting into the size that you dream about, getting on the scale and seeing the number that you dream about, but not really wanting to do what is required of you. Part of what we talked about in our last coaching session in episode 106 was how to focus and how to paint a very specific picture of what you want. And that means that you're going to say yes to some things and no to other things, right? You can't do everything at once. You might be able to do almost everything, but not at the same time. So remember that commitment means it's a state of being where you're dedicated to a cause or an activity. And one of the ways I like to look at this is something that I talked about early in our episodes, and that is Project You. And that's how you could look at the cause or the activity that you're really going to focus on when you go about making that commitment. You could think of it as an engagement or an obligation, but a chosen obligation, not that somebody's making you do, but that you're choosing to obligate yourself to do something that restricts your freedom of action and it really solidifies your intention and your focus. Don't be upset when I say the word restrict. That doesn't mean that you're going to have rigid guidelines of what you can and can't do, but getting from where you are now to where you want to go does require guidelines and it does require you self-restricting what you do and what you don't do so that you're not all over the place. And it's time to stop resenting what you need to do to get what you want because you're not rebelling against a plan or a program. When you do that, you're rebelling against yourself. So what if you failed before? And you have, let's face it, we all have. We've all tried many, many things and they haven't always gotten us to where we want to go. But what we're talking about today is learning how to make your commitment so strong that you do get where you want to go. The other part of that question is, how can you recommit with passion, with excitement, not just with, oh yeah, it's New Year's, I'm going to try to lose weight again. I want you to create passion because passion is what drives you forward. It's what keeps you going. It's the excitement that you get when you really think about your end results with vividness, like the new high-definition televisions that are incredible with their vividness, right? You look at them, you watch something, and you feel like you're there. That is what I want you to feel like when you create a goal or a dream with enough passion that it gets you really excited when you think about. So maybe you have failed before because you didn't create that passion, or maybe you have no plan. Sometimes you may tend to focus too much on the negatives, on what's challenging for you. I want you to think about applying a cost and benefit analysis to the act of Project You, of getting in control with how you eat and how you treat yourself and how you manage your mind. The negatives are what you have to do to, or what you have to stop doing to get what you want. There are the benefits of doing what you're trying to do. There are benefits of not doing it. There are costs or negatives of doing it, and there are costs of not doing something. 
If we focus only on the benefits of not doing something, let's say that you want to try to move your body three times a week. Well, if you're being totally honest with yourself, there are some benefits to not doing that. Let's be honest. You don't have to get up earlier. You don't have to work up a sweat. You don't have to move. You don't have to expend energy. Those are the benefits of not moving your body. But I want your benefits of moving your body to be greater than the benefits of not doing it. What I'm saying is there are benefits and costs to everything we do. If you keep your focus on the cost of doing something or the benefit of not doing something, you're going to stay stuck. It's going to feel way harder than it should be. So I want you to focus on the benefits of doing it and the cost of not doing it. And we will get into that in more detail in another episode. But let's look a little bit more about why it might be hard for you to create that vivid, beautiful, passionate picture that will help you commit to your goal. It might be that you just don't believe in yourself. And no self-belief, no belief that you can do what it will take is one of the prime reasons why so many of you fail why so many of you never get beyond the starting gate and then just keep looking for the next new solution. So think about whether you believe in yourself. I want you to also think, do you look at your past? Do you look at your history and use it to negatively predict your future? Let's say that your goal is to stop alternating between being starving and stuffed, either severe restriction and ignoring your hunger signals, or way overeating and always walking around stuffed and angry at yourself. If that has been your history and you focus on your history, then when you think about your future and what you want to do, it's going to be really challenging, if not impossible, for you to create that different future because you're going to believe that this is your pattern, maybe your pattern, but it doesn't mean you're doomed to keep repeating it. So if you look at your history, that's good, because I want you to see what went wrong and what you could do differently. But be cautious, be aware that you're not using your history to predict your future. So another reason why you may not have created a strong commitment in the past is that maybe you never made it a priority. Are you in the habit, ask yourself, of underestimating what's required of you or overestimating what's required of you and then just giving up totally? Maybe in the past, you have just simply not been all in. That's what commitment is, been all in. And maybe you're just dipping your toe in the water or maybe you have too many commitments going on at the same time. Another really common thing that many of us have, not just in the area of eating and weight, but in our whole life, is that we become perfectionists. And we think as a perfectionist that if you can't do it perfectly, you're just going to give up. You're going to stop. There is a whole episode on perfectionism that if this resonates with you, I'd love you to listen to that. But think about it. There's no such thing as perfect to begin with. And if everybody were expected to do everything perfectly from step one to step 10, nobody would ever change. I want you to expect to be imperfect, but to continue and continue to move ahead, take steps and do it imperfectly. 
maybe you want what you want, but only if it's easy. So you wish for it, but you're not really strongly committing. It's like you want the outcome, you want the result, right? But you don't want the process. And when we don't make peace with the process that we have to go through to get the result that we want, what happens then is that you're arguing with reality. It's like wanting that healthy, fit body, but not really considering doing anything different to get it. Now, there are two researchers, Prochaska and DiClemente, who created a stage of change model. They say there are five stages of change. And I want you to think a little bit about these stages that I'm going to tell you about and see where you are, because you can't force yourself out of one into another. So see where you are. And if you're ready to change, that's part of the prerequisite to make that strong, beautiful, vivid commitment. Stage one is pre-contemplation. Pre is the important word here. You're thinking about it, but you're really prior, you're really pre-thinking it. You don't really see your behavior as a problem, and you don't really see a reason to change. So even though it's a new year and everyone around you is talking about goals and resolutions, for you at this stage, it's not the time to attempt to change. And we see this a lot when we look at someone else's behavior. Maybe you see somebody who's smoking and you think absolutely they should stop. And you're going to tell them how to do it. You're going to research for them, get them information. You're going to offer to support them. But if they're in the pre-contemplation stage, they don't really see it as a problem. You do. And that's not enough for them to make one inch of change. So be honest with yourself if you're in that stage. It doesn't mean you can never change. It doesn't mean you can never reach a goal. It means now you're not really there. So stage one is pre-contemplation. Stage two is contemplation. You recognize that there's a problem in some area in your life, and you're contemplating a change, but you have not yet committed to changing. So again, this might be where you are thinking about it, You know it's a problem, but you're still not ready to make that big commitment. Step three is preparation. This is where you have made the big decision. You've decided to change your behavior in the near future, like within a month, and you're starting to take really tiny steps. You're testing the waters. You're searching for solutions. You don't have a real plan yet, but it's like you're on the verge. You're ready to jump in, but you haven't jumped in yet. So stage one, pre-contemplation. Stage two, contemplation. Stage three, preparation. And stage four is action. Here is where you're ready to do something. And this is where you've made some changes for a period of time. Could just even be one day, or it could be as long as six months. But you are putting into practice the plan that you made in the preparation stage. And this is where you're likely to feel motivated and enthusiastic. In the Freedom Group, when the members start at level one, which we call the quick start level, this is where they are. They're taking action. They took action to join, obviously, and then they're in there. They're listening to recordings. They're watching videos. They're doing their workbook. They're talking to me and to each other. And this is the honeymoon stage because they're at the height of enthusiasm and their commitment is high. So you progress 
in the action stage until you get the results that you want. And then you kind of morph into number five, which is maintenance, where you've been doing the new behavior for at least six months and you are definitely committed to the new behavior. Or you go into relapse, which is slipping back a little bit, but then you cycle through it again. And it's okay if that might happen to you 20 times before it actually takes hold and gets you where you want to go. Think about people who stop smoking and maybe they try 20 or 30 times. But as long as they keep trying and keep going through those stages of readiness, the stages of change, finally, at some point, they will go into action and they will reach maintenance. So make sure before you dig up that strong commitment and that all those feelings and all the thoughts about what you want, make sure that you're at least in the preparation stage and ready to begin. But I also want you to know that your whole life does not have to be perfectly aligned for you to begin because there is no perfect time. If you don't know how you're going to do this, you don't know what it's going to take, If you focus on that, it's going to keep you stuck. So right now, don't worry about how. We are going to continually talk in these coaching sessions about how. But first, you make a commitment. Then you will be determined to figure out how. I want to make sure that you're not alone on the journey. Maybe the Freedom Group is something you're considering. And if it's not open at this very moment, get on the wait list for it. But at the very least, find a friend or somebody in your family who's doing what you want to be doing so that you're not alone on the journey. I want to also make sure when you're making this commitment that you don't make your past failures mean something about you as a person. All they mean is that you tried to do X and it didn't work. That's all. doesn't mean anything about you as an individual. When you think about what you've tried before and what didn't work, what I want you to do is not just look at what you did that didn't work, but I want you to look at how you were thinking and feeling that led to you doing what you do, both for things that didn't work and for things that work. Just as I've always mentioned, when you're looking at another person who might be a role model to you and you wonder like, what did she do that I'm not doing? How could I do what she's doing? I want you to remember to ask, what is she thinking? And you might ask her, how does she think to get herself to do what she does? So that leads right into our last part of this session, which is this. What do you need to think, feel, and do to recommit to yourself and make your goal happen? To examine and strengthen your commitment to really look at your belief, your big why, your big real reason, which we talked about in episode 106. There are two worksheets that I want you to look at, and they're both in my book. And if you're a new listener, you can get a a free download of the book right in the show notes. And these two worksheets are your end game and your miracle question. So check that link, and I'd love for you to print them out and at least do one of them. I want you to think about your goal in the sense that you're really trying to just be the best human that you can be. This does not mean the thinnest, smartest, tallest, best looking, highest earning, 
It means the best that you can be inside and out. You have to make it a priority. You have to want it and be willing and eager to do what's needed, even and especially if it's hard or challenging. Because the things that we really want that are valuable to us, yes, they can be challenging. So this means that you need to learn to manage your time so that you have that time resource to do what you need to do for yourself. Plan it, lay it all out, but don't get stuck in the research. You may have been one of these people who are always searching for for the answer, but sometimes you find the answer and now you need to stop searching, stop climbing the mountain and actually dig in and do the work. And I want you to make a commitment besides your commitment to what you're going to do. I want you to make a commitment to get up and keep going, even though you will fall down and definitely expect to fall down. Write down your commitment. Just thinking about it is not enough. I want it to be firmly embedded in your thinking. Write it down and take time to think productively. You need some alone time. You need to be alone with your thoughts. Anticipate what you've rebelled against in the past and make a little plan for what you will do when it comes up again. And know that your commitment has to be stronger than the pull of your comfort level. Anticipate what your obstacles are going to be. And as much as you can, remove any barriers. Think about what makes it so hard and what could make it easier. Because we know that getting out of your comfort level definitely makes it challenging. So look at habits and patterns that you've established that make it easier to do what you've always done than something different. Right now, you have habits that make it easy for you to do a certain thing. And if that thing is not what you want to keep doing, figure out why it's so easy for you. So you may have to make some sacrifice, but that never means not eating. It's definitely why I want you to eat when you're hungry. But what are you willing to change or give up or do less of or do more of to get what you want? You might have to sacrifice, you will have to sacrifice eating with abandon. Anything, anytime, as much as you want, whether you're hungry or not. Yes, you will have to be honest with yourself and sacrifice that. You may have to sacrifice never being able to say no to yourself for fear of being deprived. And you'll have to deal with that fear of being deprived. But remember, deprivation is a concept that very few of you really ever experience because it means in this arena, not getting enough food, not saying no to yourself when you aren't hungry or when you've had enough treats for the day is definitely not deprivation. You might have to sacrifice in terms of doing some reading, some writing, some thinking that you would normally spend watching a show and expect resistance. Your brain is always trained to do what's easiest. There is always resistance when you want to get yourself to do something new and different. The resistance is natural and expected. Do not take your resistance as a sign that you should stop and that you're just not meant to do this. That is absolutely not true. And reward yourself as you take these little steps, but with non-food rewards. Might be time for yourself, time off, pampering. Look for the positives. As you slip into old behavior, you can look at it as failure, or you can look at each slip as a learning opportunity. So look at the lessons that you're learning, step forward, step backwards, analyze how you're doing, play detective, and help yourself figuring out what's happening and why. 
So here's what I want you to do. Remember that listening and agreeing with me and nodding your head and thinking it all makes sense is good, but taking action is what's going to really get you what you want. So go to the download of my book, and I want you to either do the miracle question or creating your end game. And if you don't have that easily available for yourself, you can either get it again or just look in the show notes and there will be an easy link for you to get that book. And think about determining what stage of readiness you're in right now so you can move forward from there. So that's it for this subject in our coaching session today. You know what you're going to think about and focus on this week, and you know what action steps you will commit to doing this week. I do hope to see you back here next week, where we're going to continue to work on both your emotional eating and that habitual overeating step-by-step until they both become something that you used to do, because we both know that is your ultimate goal. So for now, this is your coach Cookie reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real, just like you. And I will see you next week.